So, who gets Monday off? The federal government has announced that Monday, September 19th, will be a federal holiday for the Queen's funeral. What's happening in Manitoba? Meanwhile, we had a recurring theme through the show this morning that was completely unintentional. We did not plan it this way. It just kind of worked out that we spent a lot of time focusing on nonprofit organizations. And hey, it's never a bad time to discuss all of the great work these organizations do. And on the subject of nonprofits, we spoke with Josh Morrissey from the Winnipeg Jets about hockey, of course. Training camp starts next week, but he and his wife have started a new foundation, so we'll learn about that. And then we asked you, if you won a lottery, which cause or charity would you support? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's on Connecting Winnipeg this week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, September 14th podcast for The Start. It's Mackling and McGarry. Loren McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg this week. Big topic of discussion. And I watched I watched it unfold yesterday. I was golfing with uh, the Salvation Army. They had a day of golf at St. Boniface. And as we were having dinner after, uh, a couple of people were on their phones and I could hear them them sort of scrambling through the details. Like, well, no, it says non-essential workers and trying to figure out who's got... The day off on Monday, as the as Trudeau the Trudeau government has declared National Day of Mourning. That's correct, Brett. And I think there's still a lack of clarity for a lot of folks as to whether or not they will be included and be allowed to and have a day off with pay on Monday. Do we know where we fit in this? Well, it be- salad of well, potential it- days off. We would fall under the. Federally regulated private sector workers. Um, and the, one of the things I was reading was it's not clear. It doesn't, because I, I think I, it was an MP actually who tweeted about that saying um, federal workers will get the day off, but federally regulated private sector workers won't necessarily get the day off. So we as in, the, because we're in the broadcast industry, that's a federally regulated industry, uh, we would technically... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Be, uh, be, be entitled? In, I guess so, uh, or, or potentially, but um, we I, I, the fact that we haven't been told anything, I would <laughs> I would imagine means we're now, business as usual on Monday. Now, I only asked that question hoping you would answer it the way you did because the waters are that muddied for yeah. a lot of folks. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the idea that it's very unclear as to where a lot of people fall in. And I know that our listeners come here for answers. I think the answer to that question is we don't have all the answers. You're going to basically, you're going to have to ask your boss. And it's really interesting too, to say, we're going to have more on this at 637. Global's Eric Sorensen is going to weigh in, but it's interesting to see how some provinces are following suit, sure, like right down the line, and some are saying no, it's a day of mourning. Uh, like in Manitoba, schools are going to be open, childcare centers are going to be open, and it's even so unclear that our own global news colleagues can't keep track. Because I listened to a report from Alberta, and she pointed to several provinces and included Manitoba in the provinces that are going to toe the line, when in fact that's that was. Not correct. So I think this should get cleared up at some point today for your personal situation. Yeah. And uh, one of my boys already didn't have school on Monday. It's a personal development day or something for the teachers. So he's already off. (laughs) Like they need more days off. We're in September and we're already... They have uh, that day off, and then, of course, the schools are off on the National Day of Reconciliation on the 30th, which is, what, by the way, is why I think Manitoba hasn't gone full on on this. Ah. My personal opinion is they dragged their feet, didn't implement the 30th as the holiday, as most of the country has already done, and there was no way they could implement a quote-unquote holiday on a week's notice when they haven't been able to do this for September 30th with well, like uh, over a year since they promised to do so. Oh, okay. There it is. Excellent I'm observation. Just, I'm just throwing that out a little spaghetti against the wall. 
<laughs> so you can feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. Our question of the day, by the way, that was posed yesterday afternoon for credit aid. Overwhelmed by debt? Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. Do you agree with the provincial government's decision to not make the Queen's funeral a full holiday? 66% said yes, 34% say no. You can still cast your vote on that at cjob.com. Also today... You talk about throwing spaghetti against the wall. Sometimes the way our show lines up is completely unintentional. Uh, but today, one of our predominant themes, uh, now we, I've already mentioned one, the Salvation Army. Today, we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of different things that have to do with nonprofits. That's right, because we are headlong into the fundraising, the philanthropy season, if you like, as we head towards Christmas, there are going to be a number of fundraisers you may be asked to attend. You may be voluntold to attend. You may be attending either as a guest or perhaps an MC, Brett McGarry, uh, different events over the next several weeks. And, uh, you know, you have wedding social season and then you have fundraising dinner s- season in Manitoba. And there seems to be two of them that are on the shoulders of the holiday season, September, October, you know, you'll get a fair number of them. And then into the early spring, you'll get a fair number of them. So uh, one of those events takes place tomorrow night. I'm fortunate enough to be and honored to be emceeing the event on behalf of the Victoria Hospital Foundation and what they're doing for mental health. That's a huge, huge uh Priority for me is to speak out about mental health and the resources that are required in our province. But yeah, as you said, we've got uh, a radiothon coming up on Friday to raise awareness for adult uh, and teen challenge. We're also going to talk to uh, an event. We're trying to connect with someone who is part of an event. It's the Daffodil Gala Dinner. I think it's on the 23rd of September. Jackie and I are attending that one at the behest of, of her boss. And uh, they had a rough goal last night. Downtown Winnipeg strikes again. That's right. Uh, We're told that the volunteer committee met at their Sherbrooke Street office to go through final details. And uh, one of their cars was loaded up with prizes for the silent auction. And someone broke in and took pretty much all of it. So, again, the, the date on this is the 23rd, next Friday. And the prizes... Mostly gone, so we're hoping to connect with them uh, a little bit later this morning. And then at 6.45, we're going to extend that conversation into, we'll just ask you, if you won the lottery, which nonprofit, which cause would you support? And we do have stuff to give you in return. We have stuff to bribe you with to get you to text us at 204-780-6868. We have two tickets for Darcy Oak at the Burton Cummings Theater, October 21st and 22nd. We also have a $50 gift card for TransCanada Brewing and a $50 gift card for Popeyes. And we're going to give away that first prize just after 635. And you know what? Why don't we do this this morning? Why don't we make it dealer's choice or uh, player's choice? Player's choice. We'll say uh, when you call in, so wait for your cue to call, but when you do call, you get to pick because you got first your first crack, you can tell us. Do you want the gift card for Popeyes or TransCanada Brewing? It's like calling shotgun. That's right. <laughs> I call shotgun. <laughs> what was the rule with calling shotgun? Like you had to be within eyesight of the vehicle. You had to be touching it. I know some families played at different rules. Oh, yeah. I always, I always played uh, eyesight. Like so as long as you could see the car, yeah. Like if you're if 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 I was going downstairs with you now and said with with a group and said shotgun, like yeah. now, come on, no. The vehicle is the automobile is downstairs in a parkade. You got to wait till you get to said automobile. Okay, we're on the same page. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg this week. And we mentioned off the top, we're going to be doing a lot today on nonprofits. Just kind of worked out that way. It wasn't uh, a planned theme. We often have planned themes for the morning, for the day on 680 CJOB and Global News. But this just kind of fell into our laps. And as it turns out, Mr. Mackling, you learned today as you uh, 
arrived at the ye old 7-Eleven that uh, even the very slurpy word I am holding in my hand ties into the theme. It does indeed. And I was a little confused, and I think the clerk was confused, and he said, uh, you can pay whatever you want. I go, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? He goes, well, for your Slurpees. He says, uh, you can pay as little or as much as you want for your Slurpee. And so he didn't tell me why. It turns out that it's uh, Slurpees for a cause today. It's Name Your Price Day. September 14th, Slurpee fans can pay what they want for a large Slurpee at any 7-Eleven and sip away feeling good. 100% of the donations go to Food Banks Canada in their support of local food banks. So really, I shouldn't have paid the regular price. I should have paid like a lot more for my Slurpee today. Instead, Brett, I confess, the Slurpee you drank cost me 50 cents. 50 cents? I didn't know. I didn't know what the what the gig was and, <laughs> and what was going on. The clerk didn't explain it. I said, well, I'll, I'll pay a dollar. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So now I'm going to have to go back there later on today and... <laughs> And pay $20 for two empty Slurpee cups. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> That's great. Uh, and good for you for committing to going back. Also, before we talk about what's happening on the 19th as it pertains to the Queen's funeral, um, just a follow-up on something Cam Poitras had in his sportscast. Yeah, Cam Poitras listed off uh, some of the 2022 uh, Manitoba, uh, Sport Manitoba uh, Hall of Fame inductees, and I wanted to give a shout out to a gentleman who grew up in my neighborhood in the West End. In fact, I think I may have mentioned his name on this program just a few weeks ago. His name is Halder Bjarnason, and Halder uh, has cerebral palsy, and he he's always ridden a tricycle. Even in school, he had a, a tricycle. He's now a lawyer in Vancouver. But he is the first ever inductee from Cerebral Palsy Sport into the Sport Manitoba Hall of Fame. And uh, he's just done some incredible things, including in uh, 1985, he helped start the Manitoba Cerebral Palsy Association. And the next year, he won gold and silver at the World CP Games in Belgium. Uh, that was for the 3,000 and 1,500 meter in, tri- uh, in tricycling. He captured double gold in 1987, the Can-Am Games, and was uh, at the 1988 Paralympics in Seoul. He won the gold medal in the 1,500 meter, and he also set a world record and won silver in the 3,000 meter. So congratulations to a good West End legend, Halder Bjarnason. In honor of the Queen's funeral, September 19th has been declared a federal holiday by the Canadian government. That means federal workers will have the day off. But as Global's Eric Sorensen reports, it's still not clear if it will be a holiday for the majority of Canadians. A national holiday to mourn the passing of Canada's Queen is, like the monarchy itself, a complicated subject in this country. Well, why not? Therese Alfieri believes a holiday is appropriate. She's always been part of our lives, regardless. And I think that in itself is uh, something to uh, honour. Not so, says Aida Morris. I don't think we need a holiday for the Queen. Why? Well, I'm not a monarchist. But a national holiday it should be and will be, says the Prime Minister. There are still uh, a few details to be worked out. Uh, but uh, uh, declaring an opportunity for Canadians to mourn uh, on Monday uh, is going to be important. The Prime Minister says he'll work with the provinces and territories, but Quebec's Premier suggested today his province won't take the day off and he'll keep campaigning for re-election. Something else to consider, a national holiday can also have an impact on the economy. A day off for many people could be a boost for tourism, but it can also set back overall economic activity. At Retro Rides in Ottawa, a day when more Canadians can relax with activities like bike riding can be good for business. We'll be open because, you know, we're a bike shop. But Jason Commandant says these are tough economic times for which a holiday does not help. We have rent and um, all the operating costs for business don't go away. One business group is urging provinces not to follow the federal lead to avoid another blow to economic productivity. We're still fighting inflationary pressures. Um, the added cost to a business, even if it's just today, uh, is significant and something we'd like to avoid if we're able. Will they actually reflect on the Queen's passing? 
Monday will be a poignant day, and for many Canadians, a holiday on short notice, as the Prime Minister said, means there are details to be worked out. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto. So as we've been mentioning, Manitoba is not declaring Monday a provincial statutory holiday, but as a day of mourning instead. So schools and child care facilities will remain open. Manitoba's Premier is encouraging all schools to observe a moment of silence and all non-essential government services and offices will be closed for the day, Brett. Question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by CreditAid, overwhelmed by debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. Do you agree with the provincial government's decision to not make the Queen's funeral a full holiday? Looking at the updated results, 71% say yes, they agree, and 29% say no, they disagree. With all due respect, I agree with the majority of people on this. Yeah. Yeah, especially on short notice. And, of course, how else would you have it? I understand the circumstance. I understand the protocol being part of the Commonwealth and our Constitution and our constitutional monarchy, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I don't need a day off on Monday to, to mourn the passing of the Queen. Yeah, and uh, I did speak with a business owner yesterday. I'm not going to name that business, but... Um he texted me yesterday and was was irate at the prospect because when he texted me, it hadn't Manitoba hadn't did made its declaration yet, and he was saying Trudeau wants this to be a stat, and if Manitoba follows this, then I'm I'm going to be steaming mad because it's going to cost me thousands of dollars every time there's a stat, it costs me, and we're still trying to catch up from everything that COVID did to us, and now you're going to drop this expense in my lap as a small business owner so that you know i was i was thankful for that feedback because i never would have thought of that no and I, I think it's something that we do need to think about absolutely uh yeah this is this is a unique situation i was talking to somebody the other day about this extended mourning period and all the protocols that go with this like these were all created in times where you had to ride a horse from somewhere in Scotland to get to London. <laughs> you know, we have the internet now. We have airplanes. Like, we don't need, like, uh, 72 days of this. With all due respect to the Queen, it's just that these, all these protocols, all these traditions were created in medieval times. Can we not update the protocols a little bit to reflect the speed at which we can do things nowadays? What a your one one final question, and I that's fantastic. By the way, that was good. <laughs> we came up with this when we were riding horses. But um, what if somebody went into the, the, the boss's office and says, "Look, this is really important to me. I would like the day off." I, we know we work with somebody like that. Yeah, uh, if I've got a good relationship with that employee, and I can take that at face value, and I've got a trust level there. Yeah, you know what? I know you'll make up your time. If you want to come in Monday at noon, at one, not at all. I know you'll make it up. That would be my approach. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. In a moment, we're going to tell you how you can win yourself some tickets to see Darcy Oak at the Burton Cummings Theatre next month. But first, congratulations to Gerald Lessard, who was given the choice. $50 gift card for Popeyes or $50 gift card for TransCanada Brewing. He took the Popeyes fried chicken. So at 8.45, just after 8.45, we will give away that gift card for TransCanada Brewing ahead of their fifth anniversary. So... We are talking a lot this morning about nonprofits, and Mr. Mackling, you concocted mm-hmm. a rather interesting question. Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, the lottery as I do from time to time, <laughs> because not because I don't like working with you, Brett, but I'm at a certain age where a uh, lottery win could really expedite my plans for retirement. Yep. And so that would be great. But I've also got this magic number in my head of what I need. And what I would would keep myself and, and then what I would give away. And so with all this philanthropy and all this conversation today, different causes that are in need, I thought we would discuss if you won the lottery, you came into a large sum of money some way or another, which charities would you support and which? And maybe it's a cause, maybe it's a general cause, doesn't have to be a specific charity, but just an overall cause that means something to you. 
Producer Jeff Forte and Master Control, why don't we start with you, sir? Oh, you know, this one's actually a pretty hard one. Uh, like, I, I, I love animals, I love dogs, so maybe like a pet rescue, something like a no-kill shelter, I think would be uh, high on my list. Or uh, maybe Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Canada, because uh, I think just having a, a young person, a child, without uh, a role model in their life, and I think having that uh, person to, you know, get wisdom from is very, very important, especially when they're growing up. So, yeah, maybe uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Canada. Well said, Mr. Forte. Cameron Poitras, what about you? Uh, well, my, my dad's had uh, diabetes since he's been 12 years old, uh, 58 years old now, 45 years of that, as well as uh, taking insulin and the whole other whack of other drugs, of course, has taken its toll on his body in terms of his hearing, sight, heart. I mean, the list goes on there. So, um yeah, it would be a no-brainer for me to support uh, diabetes and the Kidney Foundation and stuff like that. Excellent. Good for you, Mr. Poitras. Jeff Braun, what say you? Uh, I say I would I would just accept submissions from scientists who are into some really weird stuff. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would like have to, to they would have to appeal to you, Jeff Braun. Well, yes, it's my money. So I'd like to fund some uh, mad scientists. Maybe get a anyone with like a concrete idea of how to build a real time machine. That sort of thing. We'll just. Uh, <laughs> Get a little nutty with it, you know? Why not? <laughs> uh, you never know what good may come of it. So, uh, yeah, I was wondering if it would be the human fund. <laughs> yes. Money for people. Money. For people. <laughs> yeah. Mackling, what about you? Well, you know, I guess I got to walk the walk and talk the talk. It, it was the St. Boniface Hospital Foundation for just a multitude of reasons. My, my grandfather spent his last days at St. Boniface and right up to his last breath. He was grateful for the care that he got there, although he ultimately, as I said, spent his last days there. And my boys came into the world at St. Boniface Hospital and spent all that time in the NICU and the care that they received. I can't imagine they received could have received any better care anywhere else on the planet. And then uh, they've also, you know, um, helped me with my personal struggles with my depression. And, and there are doctors there that have reached out and, and provided care for me over the years. And so, yeah, uh, if, if I won the big one, uh, I would say St. Boniface uh, would win pretty big too. Yeah, it's tough to pick just one because, um, I mean, all of these organizations that you've all listed are, are great. And I, I even love I love Jeff's idea as well. Um, but I was reminded <laughs> yesterday just at, uh, like I mentioned off the top of the show, that I was at uh, the Salvation Army Day of Golf. They hosted a group at St. Boniface. And it was just a, it was a great reminder that in spite of all the crappy things and crappy people there are in the world, there are so many good people doing so many good things. And to just pick one would be tough. But an organization like the Salvation Army uh, would certainly, you know, work or, or places like Silo Mission, Main Street Project. You know, we work downtown. And uh, so our the vulnerable or homeless population is often top of mind for us because we see it every day. I live in Osborne Village. I see it there every day. There are always people outside asking for money. So I think uh, home, organizations that help our vulnerable population would be sort of near the top of the list for me, but how do you pick just one? Yeah, it would be impossible to pick uh, just one. But I think a lot of our listeners already pouring in with, with stories, and it's the personal connection as, and the why that'll be big today. Jeff Braun, uh, what other sort of ideas would you support, by the way, for these mad scientists? Like, say, somebody uh, came up with a, a way to actually create a lightsaber. Would you support that? Um, I guess so. I mean, what practical use, though, is a lightsaber, really? It's, it's, it seems unnecessary, you know what I mean? I don't know. Jeff Richard, uh, one of our listeners, says, Jeff sounds like Grandpa Simpson when he inherits his girlfriend's <laughs> money and has people audition for what he should spend it on. <laughs> Is, is this a real episode? <laughs> that sounds remember. something more like Mr. Burns would do. I don't He know. had additions for an heir to his fortune at one point, didn't he? Yes. Bart and Millhouse. That's right. Then Bart got it. Oh, wow. All right. Good memory, boys. Good memory. Well, my Simpsons uh, knowledge sort of dies off from the early seasons. So 204-780-6868 for a chance to win two tickets to see Darcy Oak at the Burton Cummings Theater in late October. 
If you won a lottery, what cause would you support? We'll pick a winner at 9.15. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg this week. Coming up at 7.35, we are going to preview what's happening on Friday on CJOB. We are going to speak to Adult and Teen Challenge about their Be a Part of the Story Radiothon. That's happening on CJOB. And then at 7.50... Mr. Mackling, we are going to speak to somebody um, who is dealing with a, an extremely unfortunate situation as it pertains to an important upcoming event. September 23rd is the Daffodil Gala in support of the Canadian Cancer Society. And our guest who will join us has obviously been working extremely hard to not only sell tickets to sell out this dinner, but also to accumulate prizes for the silent auctions that are a big part of these events. Well, last night during their meeting, their final meeting or one of their final meetings ahead of the gala, the items went uh, missing from the vehicle. Essentially, someone broke into the car and took the prizes that were earmarked for the event on September 23rd. So that's coming up at 7.35, 7.50, and then at 8.05, we're going to continue conversation we started yesterday as it pertains to election issues, and you can feel free to begin weighing in at 204-780-6868. What are your top three election issues? Now, staff who served Queen Elizabeth for years at Buckingham Palace have had a chance to say goodbye as her flag-draped coffin spent a final night at her official London residence before moving to the Houses of Parliament to lie in state. King Charles and members of the royal family met the hearse as it entered the wrought iron gates of the palace yesterday. And that's where we go now. We go live to London. Ben O'Hara Byrne is the host of A Little More Conversation, which airs weeknights on 680 CJOB from 9 until midnight, and it airs across the nation on Chorus Radio Stations. Ben, good morning, or I guess it's good afternoon to you. It is. It is a sunny afternoon here in London, which is good news for all those who are already waiting to well, pay their respects to the Queen when she lies in the state. So, yeah, it was rainy yesterday. I waited for the, with the crowds for the, uh, for the coffin to return, and uh, people braved a pretty, pretty soggy night to do so. Yes, yeah, so the, the crowds, I've seen them gathering on television, and the, the crowds have been overwhelming. It's been, been quite powerful to see the, the love and affection for Queen Elizabeth II. We understand the funeral could result in the largest public gathering in England's history. Is that correct? It could be. I mean, you know, right now, just even the number of people who were on hand last night to see the coffin come back. Um, and this was a Tuesday night. Again, as I mentioned, it was raining. And there were tens of thousands of people who made their way down to the area around Buckingham Palace just to stand and to wait. And many did for hours on end. What was interesting about the mood was that it's not one really of tears and grief. Really, it's about sharing memories. People are talking about their, you know, strangers are talking to each other about their best, their fondest memories of things the Queen had done or times they had seen her in a public appearance. So there's something, um, there's something quite nice about how this is all unfolding in London. It really has been a time not, not to mourn as much to, as to pay tribute to someone who I think a lot of people here consider to be almost a member of the family in some ways, without putting it, you know, without, without going overboard. People really felt an attachment to her in that way. And, and so in her passing, I get the sense a lot of people just want to share memories and talk about it. They don't, uh, there aren't a lot of tears, but there are a lot of tributes. Now, Canada declared Monday a federal holiday. Some provinces are moving ahead with it. Some are not. Some say it should be a holiday. Some say not. Obviously, Canada's ties to the Queen are not as significant as they are over there. But just wondering, is there any sort of you know talk about that kind of stuff over where you are in terms of uh, disagreement with what's with all the all everything that's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of people who have different opinions about the monarchy these days, and in England as well. Um, you know, a lot of it is not, you know, it's not being talked about in the same way uh, in this period of mourning. Uh, you know, there was, some, there was an incident in Scotland uh, while the Queen was uh, lying in state in Edinburgh. Uh, there, was a, there was an incident there involving some protesters, and um, that, that's been talked about a little bit. But overall, the, the tone is pretty, pretty quiet here when it comes to anything other than uh, you know, what's coming up on Monday and the lying in state and so forth. Um, and, you know, it will be a national holiday here on Monday. It will be. Um, so in, in that sense, I, th- I think, you know, we're going to hear a lot about that, I think, in the weeks to come, in the months to come, in the years to come, about what role the monarchy has in the modern Britain, in the modern Canada, for that matter, in a modern Commonwealth. 
Uh, but for the time being, I, I think this is really about sort of recognizing that, uh, that there's a family in mourning, and, and a lot of people here want to pay, want to make sure that this is a time where they can pay tribute to the Queen and not debate uh, politics and other issues. There's always plenty of time for that in Britain. Yeah, well, and that extended family, that sense, that connection you get, Ben, uh, to people that, that you've never known. But there is that connection. They've been a part of your life in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you've, you've gone through the trials and tribulations with them. Uh, maybe it's just through the television or the radio or through, through print. And so people will be lining up again today. Is, is the Queen's Coffin making a move one, once more today? It is. In, in, in about 90 minutes' time, it will, there will be a procession. It will be, as far as I understand, a silent one. Um, that's not like the Queen Mother's uh, 20 years ago, which was actually, you know, what was had in featured music and so on, as she was brought along the same route. So uh, the coffin will be, will be taken by gun carriage, horse-drawn carriage, from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall. That's not a very long distance. It's probably about a 15-, 20-minute walk. Uh, but there will be a, a slow procession. Uh, the king will follow behind along with uh, his sons, uh, the Prince of Wales, William, and uh, the Duke of Sussex, Harry, and the other children in the family as well, uh, Andrew, uh, Anne, and, uh, and um, Edward, are going to follow behind as well. And then other members of the family will be in, um, in by car, and there's going to be military involved as well. So that move will happen. It'll take about half an hour. The Archbishop of Canterbury will hold a brief service in Westminster Hall, and then after that, the visits are expected to begin. And people have been waiting, some have been waiting in line since late Monday. Not many, mind you, uh, but a few really wanted to be near the front. Uh, but I spoke, I would say I walked through that, that lineup today and spoke to some people, including a Canadian, a woman from Montreal who was there. And everyone was pretty much the same. They thought it was important to come down early in the day, make sure they, they're getting wristbands so everyone knows where they are in line. Um, and and wanted, just wanted to make sure that they were going to get a chance to do this, to pay the final respects. In person, we expect that lineup is going to get very long. They're anticipating at one point, they've been talking about uh, waits as long as 12, 13, 14 hours. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, but they're certainly trying to put a lot of logistics into place to allow as many people through as possible between this afternoon and Monday morning ahead of the funeral. Ben O'Hara Byrne, the host of A Little More Conversation on 680 CJOB, joining us live from London. Ben, thank you for this. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Yeah, you're welcome. Look forward to it. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's Unconnecting Winnipeg. If you won a lottery, which cause would you support? What does Amanda have for us, G-Mac? Well, Amanda says, I donate some of my winnings to the Bank of Mom. I'm indebted to her for the years and of financial assistance she provided me, whether it was to pay for extracurricular activities, and there were many, including playing at the elite provincial levers for soccer, then assistance through university, my wedding, my first car and house, and somehow still continues to do so out of the bottom of her heart for my family and children. I may not get a tax rebate like I would for any other charitable donations, but I wouldn't want it any other day. But Amanda also has a charitable organization that does incredible work that she would support, Brett. And for a charitable donation, I'd be at the door first thing in the morning to the you know what, Greg? I'm sorry. I, 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 my computer froze and I've oh, lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, pal. Uh, yeah. Winnipeg Humane Society. I didn't mean to set you up for that. We are animal lovers, and unfortunately, our 14-year-old dog got hit by a car and brought to the Winnipeg Humane Society where the vets were there, and, and they took incredible care of our girl, but unfortunately, she couldn't be saved, and when it came to paying the bill, they said, quote, pay what you can, and I was told they work out of donations from the community. I just couldn't believe it, without a doubt. I paid the bill and made a small donation on top of that, but I'd love to put more money into that organization so families like ours could continue to get the compassionate care like we received in July during those difficult times. Continue to weigh in at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win two tickets to see Darcy Oak at the Burton Cummings Theatre next month. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. In our next segment, we are hoping to speak to somebody at the Canadian Cancer Society because something really awful has happened ahead of their Daffodil Gala happening next Friday. We're just ironing out some details as we speak. Um, But 
Before we do anything else here, because and we're going to tell you about something important happening on Friday, just want to say uh, hello to Dan M, a.k.a. the Earl of Eli, whom I sort of met yesterday, was heading downstairs uh, to the, or I guess upstairs, really. I was downstairs and then heading to the parkade, and gentleman in the elevator um, I just, I, I felt awkward because I had my golf clubs with me and I, I probably looked weird and because uh, it's not exactly a golf environment. I said, I, I just don't trust my clubs in my car. And he said, I know I heard you this morning. I wouldn't either. And I said, <laughs> oh, th- thanks for listening. But because I'm socially awkward as heck, I didn't, I should have just said, what's your name? <laughs> but I didn't. And then he got off the elevator. And that was that. And so you found out on Twitter yeah. that you'd met Dan, the Earl of Eli. Yeah. That's how I found out that you had met him yesterday because he tweeted about it. So uh, to the Earl of Eli, I apologize for being an awkward uh, galoot, shall we say. <laughs> um, in the meantime, right now, we want to invite you to join us this Friday for the Be Part of a Story Radiothon right here on CJOB from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So this event is in support of Adult and Teen Challenge, Brett, which operates a holistic model of recovery, their mission to provide communities, families, and individuals freedom from the impact of life-controlling addictions. Robbie Huj- Ahuja is the Chief Development Officer and graduate of Adult and Teen Challenge, and Robbie joins us now. How are you this morning, Robbie? Hey, I'm good. Good morning. We really appreciate you making the time, and your story is a powerful one. So, you know, the focus on Friday is to be part of a story. You have quite the story yourself. As I mentioned, you're an integral part of the operations of Adult and Teen Challenge here in our province. But where where would you be without this program as as just as just Robbie? Well, I would be dead or I'd be in jail for life. Um, yeah, very traumatic. I was uh, messed up with a life of gangs and drugs and violence. And uh, I've done time for attempted murder. And I was hopeless and lost. And someone told me about Adult and Teen Challenge in 2000. And, well, late in 2005 and in 2006, I went through the program. So what... what uh kind of stuff did you encounter during your program? Um, well, when I went through, I realized that, you know, that I was, uh, uh, I was addicted to myself and that I was very insecure and lost. And I did a lot of things to try to um, please the outside. Like I was really focused on um, wealth and being successful as my family immigrated from India and, and I just did it all the wrong way. And I, and I realized that I didn't need to be insecure, that I had a hole in my heart that only God could, could, could fill. And that when I changed my lens and perspective and started dealing with some of the hurts, I was able to um, learn and grow and walk through a life of freedom. Robbie, I think in a lot of people's minds, there's this magic wand for, for helping individuals with addiction issues, with, with a criminal past. Uh, we tend to write those people off as lost causes. They will never turn their lives around. What do you say to those folks? Well, I say that that is wrong. Like, I went through so many things to try to get better, but once I started actually trying to learn and go through my trauma and, and go through four seasons of having to uh, work on myself. And um, as stuff came up, having to process and work through it and look at it a different lens, you can create new patterns. You can create um, new thought processes. And yeah, like I went from someone who was, I've done time for attempted murder, I've been shot, I've been stabbed, to I'm a family man with four kids and I'm helping impact a community. So as far as your faith is concerned, you, you mentioned, because I know that that's very important to Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, were you a man of faith before? Um, I, well, I thought I was God. Um, so yes, I was raised to, to know that there was a God, but I thought I was it. And so um, once I was able to get out of myself um, and realize that life was more than just me, um, yeah, life's never been the same. So I guess you could say yes or no to that. That's well, a powerful answer, and obviously it's a very self-aware one, Robbie. What do you tell uh, young men, uh, young women that, that need to go through this program? They've had the strength. I always say they've had the strength 
uh, the wherewithal, the self-realization to say, hey, I need help. I want help. I want to change. I want to turn this around. What do you say to them, those individuals that you might meet perhaps on day one of a program? Well, first thing I would say is nothing is impossible for God. And then I would help encourage them that it's through growth and experience through their trials and stuff that comes up in their life and challenges um, and part of trauma or past hurts that they can make it through as long as they walk through and, and focus to grow through those hurts and trials. And as far as addiction is concerned, um, what sort of resources does Adult and Teen Challenge provide to, to help people break that cycle? Oh, uh, we have a full spectrum of it. We offer counseling. We offer support. We offer uh, some therapy. Cl- therapy. We offer um, uh, all sorts, full full spectrum. Um, to just to discover who you are, the effects of addiction, um, the human body makeup, all all sorts of stuff. Robbie, we want to thank you very much for this. We look forward to more stories coming up on Friday, powerful stories of change, self-reflection, and the power to to take charge of, of our destiny. And uh, obviously, there's some help required in that. We, we appreciate you sharing uh, part of your story this morning. Yeah, thank you, and I look forward to sharing my whole story on Friday. Rabi Ahuja is the Chief Development Officer and graduate of Adult and Teen Challenge. And once again, this Friday on 680 CJOB, it's the Be Part of a Story Radiothon from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. And we'll tell you more stories on Friday morning and throughout the day on 680 CJOB. And just uh, we'll give you a heads up right now. You can call to donate at 204-949-9484. That's 949-9484. You can donate online at teenchallenge.tc that's teenchallenge.tc or you can visit their super thrift store at 1016 St. James Street you know anybody that does thrifting Brett? Um, occasionally people say I picked that up at the thrift store but not uh, no, nothing like not like a regular occurrence it seems to be a craze with some of the younger kids yeah, my kids in uh, high school—they uh, both have groups of friends, and they say this is one of the best, uh, one of the best places to to get stuff. The super thrift store For, on St. James Street. Yeah, they go out of their way to go there. So, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So again, that's at ten sixteen St. James Street. If you want to check it out. Those will go away. That's the official uh, meteorological term from Environment Canada. Oh, good. So the showers will go away. Go away, indeed. You I know, mean, I know some people maybe want some rain. I, I'm not in that camp. Winnipeg Jets players starting to roll into the city in preparation for the 2022-23 NHL season. Training camp begins a week tomorrow. Slap shot by Morris in a one-timer. Ricochet off a skate. Ehlers out in front of Morris. He's shooting. Score! Josh Morrissey with a second opportunity ties it. It's a power play goal. And Morrissey goes upstairs where Mama keeps the peanut butter. This game is tied at two. Joining us now on the start is Jets defenseman and associate captain Josh Morrissey. Good morning, Josh. Hey, morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, I guess we can start with a simple question. I promise they will only get better from here. Uh, Do you even like peanut butter? Jamie Thomas talking about where your mama keeps the peanut butter? <laughs> I do. I mean, uh, obviously not everyone does, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do uh, enjoy uh, some nice, nice peanut butter for sure. Crunchy or smooth? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, I, I think both. I mean, I think if I, you know, had a, had to pick one, I'd probably go with smooth, but um, you know, either, either or for me. Josh isn't an incredibly picky individual, apparently. <laughs> H- uh, honey or jam, and then we'll move off from this entirely, Josh. Yeah, wow. I didn't think this is where we were starting today. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to take jam on that one as well. So there you see the immediate combo of PB and J. So, right. um, yeah. Anything yeah. else, guys? No, I, I think that's good. <laughs> we just like to know where you are on the sandwich front, uh, typically on this show. So not your average uh, summer. Uh, congratulations to you and uh, Margo on your marriage back in July. Uh, exciting times for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. And, 
yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously a, a busy summer in some ways. And, um, you know, there's portions that go by fast, but uh, also, you know, it kind of tends to drag on, especially, uh, you know, the, with the long summer we had. So um, it was it was fun, uh, obviously, uh, but at the same time, um, yeah, it, it's exciting to get back here and, and uh, be getting ready for next year. A huge part of this team, the Winnipeg Jets team, has grown up together, Josh, and now life is is changing off the ice for a bunch of you. Does that strengthen the bonds amongst you, the players that have been here for a long time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, I think as as everyone knows, like time goes by so fast. Uh, it's crazy to think, uh, you know, that you know, looking back, coming here, for me as an 18 year old kid uh hanging out with you know at the time Shaif was 20 and looking to make the team full-time uh Truby was the same and you know Laos and and uh you know then the next year Nikki Ehlers and obviously Wheels was there and and uh you know different guys like from the beginning and then obviously as over time you you know more guys come in and, and you kind of grow up grow up together that way but uh yeah, it's just crazy how fast that time goes by and, and really how young, you know, a lot of us were when we sort of first started, whether it was development camps or uh, or playing together in, in um, you know, in the NHL. So uh, I do think it strengthens those bonds. It's pretty, um, pretty amazing. Sometimes I think you have to stop and kind of look around a little bit. Uh, you know, the old, what is it, Ferris Bueller's day off uh, quotes. But, I mean, truly... Uh, it's quite quite special to be able to go through it with um, and grow up together with a lot of the guys uh, that I've been been with here and um, you know that we've been with together and the guys that have been added in over the years and, and, and came into the team. So um, I do think it strengthens the bond and, and it, uh, it's pretty cool when you, know, you think from back in the day playing video games and uh, you know learning what what to eat and what not to eat from, uh, you know, junk food to now guys getting married, having kids, dogs, families, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool uh, transition and, and we've kind of done it all together. Our guest is Winnipeg Jets defenseman and associate captain Josh Morrissey. And Josh, it's uh, Brett McGarry here. Winnipeg is a special place for a variety of reasons. And one of the things that we've been talking about uh, at great length this morning is nonprofit organizations and charitable organizations. And you have lent your energy to several charitable organizations here in the city. But you and your wife have started a foundation called Glass Half Full. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, totally. Um you know, we uh, we just saw sort of an opportunity to um, start something uh, of our own, and and uh, the reason being that um, you know we hadn't really done uh, a whole lot back in uh, in Calgary where uh, we're both from, and and also uh, you know we sort of saw an opportunity to um, you know hopefully if if we continue to grow over time, uh, you know have something that can kind of be with us uh, and, and we can kind of use anywhere, whether it's in Winnipeg and Manitoba and, and hopefully at some point all of Canada or, you know, where we're from in, in Calgary. So um, basically we started the Glass Half Full uh, Foundation. Uh, it centers around uh, mental health and, uh, um, you know, mental health awareness, bringing awareness and uh, sort of helping the, you know, also, uh, get rid of the stigmas associated with it and uh, it's a very important um, uh, uh, area for my wife and I and, and honestly our both our families um, you know through the through the different generations so uh, it's something that uh, you know we're, we're really quite small and and uh, as you mentioned I've had the pleasure of you know, being the ambassador with the dream factory here for uh, seven years now and and uh, working uh, alongside the True North Youth Foundation and um, Camp Manitou uh, projects as well. And, and uh, it's just been so awesome. I've learned so much, and I really enjoy, uh, you know, my work with, with all of these foundations. And, you know, now, again, for us to sort of start something on the side um, as, as a project for us, uh, you know, it's, it's been cool to... Um, do that as well and, and try to um, just sort of build off of some of the things we've learned and 
and help uh, help out in a in a way that that's really important to us. I know we've got to get out here uh, and and let you get to your day, Josh. But we should probably really quick talk about the upcoming season. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the fact that the summer was a lot longer than you wanted it to be, not making the playoffs. Obviously, at the top of the disappointment list. What's the mindset coming into this season? New head coach, and uh, let's be honest, a different set of potential distractions. Yeah, I think it's it's for me. It's all about excitement. Um, you know, last year, anyone that followed, uh, you know, our season, followed the uh, year-end um, media availabilities, and, and even through the last few weeks of the season, uh, I think would have seen the frustration um, from players to coaches to management, um, because we all collectively, I think, felt we we had a better team and, and a better, you know, staff and everything else than, than what we performed as, and um, so that's that's frustrating, you know, if, if you don't believe you have have it in the tank and you don't you know achieve anything that's one thing but you know we we felt like we had better so uh i think that has really motivated us through the off season i know um talking to various players around the around the team and certainly for myself it's been a motivating factor and i think having that motivation is good and so now that we've moved through summer training summer skating all that stuff um you know now it's it's uh exciting to be back here to look at what we can do new coaching staff i think is uh is really exciting as well they bring a ton of optimism and um you know new voices you know you look at um bones uh uh, coaching in dallas i mean every game we played against them uh, you know it felt like you didn't ever get an inch um of ice it was always you know that structure uh and uh that compete level from their from their team so you know, at the end of the day, it's it's really an, an outlook of excitement and optimism, and and uh, you know we can't wait to get going uh, to actually sort of have a chance to to you know put our money where our, our mouths are in terms of saying, hey, listen, we think we've we've got you know a great group of guys, a great group of players, and you know we want to prove now uh, you know that we, that we what we're saying is true, and we can do it, and we can put a uh, you know put that uh, game on the ice. Josh Morrissey, Winnipeg Jets defenseman and associate captain. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, have fun at training camp. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Nine twenty, Mackling and McGarry. If you won a lottery, which cause would you support for a chance to win Darcy Oak tickets? What does Jennifer have, Greg? Growing up, I had a lot of challenges with depression and anxiety, and didn't have the tools to help myself overcome and deal with these feelings. As I became an adult, my struggles continued, but I eventually gained the strength to learn the tools. And although I have my uh, bad days, I think we all do. I can bounce back faster now. I have two young daughters. My oldest being eight years old and I can already see some of these difficult feelings coming up with her. Something I've always wanted to do is create a program including workshops, summer camps, teaching children, teens how to build their emotional intelligence by teaching them self-love, gratitude, kindness, goal setting, etc. If I came upon extra money, I 100% would create this dream of mine to teach children that they can live a beautiful abundant life. Jennifer, thank you for that feedback. It's tough to always tough to pick a, a winner, uh, but as Highlander once said, there can be only one. And today, that is Bob Clark, who has says this: I have had both parents deal with cancer. Mom, breast cancer survivor. Dad, passed from pancreatic cancer. Mom had lots of support from Brandon Clinic and Hospital and Dad's time at St. Boniface Hospital and in palliative care at Nipawa Hospital would cause me to give to these medical facilities. Number one, though, says Bob, would be the Humane Society, where my son, from ages 8 to 15, donated his time and raised over $20,000 through his own personal fundraising, Wagatail Walkathon, and coming up with his own Pedal for Paws bike ride each spring, a cause close to his heart and our families. Lots of it would go to all those needy doggies and kitties. Bob, that's incredible stuff. Uh, it's just amazing work from your son. Congratulations. You're going to Darcy Oak at Burton Cummings Theatre next month.
Before we introduce our next guest and tell you about something really important that's happening tomorrow night, just wanted to point this out and say thanks to one of our listeners, a couple of our listeners actually, who pointed this out from the University of Manitoba, even though... The province is not recognizing the federal holiday on Monday for the Queen's funeral. The University of Manitoba is going to recognize the national holiday on September 19th, and they will close uh, on Monday. They'll reopen on Tuesday, and this holiday is for this year only, will not be an annual holiday. So classes will be canceled for the day and may be rescheduled on a case-by-case basis, and for staff, the day will be a one-time stat holiday. So thanks again to listeners for pointing that out. And uh, as we discussed earlier this morning, Greg, you know, I, I, th- I feel like this, this won't be the first domino to fall. There's still a lot of people going, what's, so what's happening on Monday? Am I going to work? Am I going to school? What? Are we about 24 hours, uh, less than 24 hours removed from the announcement from Justin Trudeau and the federal government? So uh, obviously at the last moment, uh, jurisdiction playing a big part of this and also where your employees fall and how you're categorized in terms of whether you're a federal employee, federally regulated, you may not even realize uh, which category you fall under. Although I think that has an impact with regard to Louis Riel Day. It has an impact with regard to Terry Fox Day and Remembrance Day as well because for some folks that that's not a recognized holiday. That's true, indeed. So uh, you can feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. And you can answer the question of the day at cjob.com, which has to do with the question is, do you agree with the province's decision on this? Tomorrow evening, you are invited to gather to support mental health care innovations at Victoria Hospital. Funds raised will support mental health initiatives for patients and their families at Victoria Hospital and will improve the lives of those experiencing mental health issues in our community. The event is the 7th Annual Miracle Garden Party. Ron Hogue is Director of Development for the Victoria Hospital Foundation and joins us now. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Doing very well, my friend. Tell us about Victoria Hospital's role in helping to deliver critical care for those who are dealing with mental health concerns, because it's changed a little bit over the last few years. Yeah, it has. You know, the hospital has has moved more towards a a model that focuses on uh, serving those that are, you know, dealing with mental health crises, um, whether that be adults or, or older adults. And uh, the hospital is uh, a focal point for the care of those folks right now. So Miracle Garden, what is the Miracle Garden? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brent. Um, Yeah, the Miracle Garden is a a beautiful space right in front of the hospital that was uh, constructed about seven years ago for the benefit of uh, the chemotherapy patients here at the hospital to be able to uh, spend some time out in the garden with uh, friends and family and even look out over the garden uh, while they were getting their treatments within the hospital. Uh, but we use that as a, as a centerpiece for our annual fundraiser, our Miracle Garden Party every September. This is our seventh annual. And uh, we're, we're just excited by the fact that we're, we're getting to go back to the garden in person this year after a couple of years of hiatus and, and, and a hybrid event. So these spaces, and not only the Miracle Garden, but other spaces in and around the hospital, Ron, like they're, how they're configured and how they're decorated and how they're constructed is extremely important. And there's been another vital improvement to the facilities at the Vic. And you can probably guess I'm talking about the Blue Cross Mental Health Assessment Unit. Yeah, I mean, that, that has been um, something that uh, the foundation has been uh, working towards supporting for quite some time, and, and the hospital has been uh, eyeing to be built for uh, for a while. Obviously, COVID threw a bit of a wrench in terms of our, our plans from a, uh, a timing perspective, but um, COVID just highlighted the fact that uh, an assessment unit like this is so desperately needed, not only um, for the hospital, but to serve the, the folks out in the community that are, are dealing with mental health crises as a result of COVID. So, um, we're, we're just very, very grateful to, to Blue Cross, um, Canada Life, um, uh, Kinsman Winnipeg, um, Wawanisa, all these people that corporately have stepped up, um, as well as individual donors within our community to, to make that unit a reality. 
You know, Ron, when I think of hospitals, and this is no fault of hospitals, but I, I always think of them as a, a, a place first to take care of one's physical health, but as the focus on mental health and helping those with issues with mental health continues to grow, uh, would you say that hospitals are, are working or doing more to ensure that uh, they can provide these services and improve upon any services? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for for the healthcare system myself. I mean, you know, we're uh, we're a foundation that supports those initiatives. So, but I, I think intuitively we can say that, you know, the focus on on mental health supports, generally speaking, the realization for the need of those supports has grown uh, for everybody. You know, during COVID, I mean, none of us have been unaffected by it, uh, whether personally or uh, because of uh, friends or family that have have experienced increased anxiety, depression, um, whatever the case might be. So um, it's a lot easier to go out into the community now and, and make a case for projects like the, the Mental Health Assessment Unit um, and projects like Tranquility Trail, which is our next cam- uh, capital campaign in front of the hospital, which is a, a green space for um, not only the the inpatients, the mental health patients here at Victoria Hospital to to go and recreate and and uh, participate in therapy programs, but uh, for for staff as well, um, you know, outdoor recreation and getting out into the outdoors into nature is a, a key part in uh, building resiliency for mental health and part of a recovery plan for a lot of people as well. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that that realization that that not only the the inward improvements inside of a facility are being recognized, but to be looking outwardly and to, you know, we preach all the time and maybe preach is the wrong word, but we try to emphasize is maybe the better way to put it, Ron, the idea that physical activity helps us on so many fronts when it comes to health and that includes our mental well-being. So I can't wait to see this project get off the ground. And and so uh, tell us just a little bit about tomorrow evening and, and are there any tickets left to be sold? Yeah, well, first of all, Greg, thank you for emceeing our event tomorrow night. Uh, I'm personally just thrilled that that you've accepted our invitation, and you're uh, you're a great spokesperson for the cause. So, uh, anybody coming out tomorrow night will will have the pleasure of your company. Um, we do have some tickets left. We have about 20 tickets left. They're 250 dollars each, uh, a portion of which will be receipted back as a tax receipt, uh, and you can go to the VicFoundation.ca. Uh, to our our website and uh, order your tickets directly online. Um, If you can't make it tomorrow night, and we're hoping you can, but if you can't, um, there's other ways to support uh, mental health initiatives here at the VIC or uh, within our community, and that's by making a donation, again, through the same site, um, or possibly participating in our amazing prize raffle. We have 12 prize packages valued at over $15,000. Their uh, tickets are $100 each or three for $250. So if $100 is more in your snack bracket, um, you can certainly help us out by purchasing a ticket for that as well. Fantastic. Can't wait for some of the incredible food. East India Company, Max Restaurant, uh, Frescolio, uh, Chocolatere, Constance Pop, Brazen Hall, Kitchen and Brewery, Manitoba Liquor Mart, Stepping Up, of course, Pop Cart, and Madame Sucre. Uh, yeah. And uh, the, the music of Garrett and Nazim. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful evening. Have we got provisions for if that rain sticks a little uh, around a little bit longer if then uh, the forecast is calling for? You know, we do. We have uh, a lovely tent which can hold everyone in attendance. Um, a few years back, in fact, the last time we held it in person, it was uh, an evening of uh, high winds, rain, and 12 degrees. But I have to say it was probably one of our most successful events ever because we all got to congregate in the tent and uh, networked and just enjoyed each other's company again. So uh, we are we are ready to go with Plan B should that be the case. But I'm the eternal optimist and I think we're going to be good to go. All right. Ron Hogue joining us live on 680 CJOB, Director of Development for the Victoria Hospital Foundation. Uh, Ron, pleasure to talk to you again, sir. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> 
Thank you, Brent. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Greg. <laughs> and that website, once again, is thevicfoundation.ca for more information on the Miracle Garden Party, the seventh annual Miracle Garden Party in support of mental health. Yeah, I got a tweet notification yesterday from the Victoria Hospital, and there's Greg's face on there. I'm like, what the, what's happening here? Ah, look at that. Of course they, they got you to do that, Mackling, because uh, you always speak so passionately about this stuff. So good for you for, for heading out there. Yeah, it's important. Uh, it's important to me, and I know it's important to so many of us. And uh, if I can uh, lend, if, if, if my lending any of my time or my story or my voice to this inspires anybody, I'm humbled to know that. And uh, if it makes an impact, then, well, all the better. And, oh, hey, tomorrow, reminder, by the way, that uh, we are going to be talking about uh, something, another, (laughs) we've been spending a lot of time today talking about nonprofits and how we can help these various wonderful organizations. And tomorrow we're going to tell you how you can help another one, Habitat for Humanity. And it involves our friends at the King's Head and something that's near and dear to your heart, Mr. Mackling, Lobster Fest. My favorite food, I think. (laughs) <laughs> is lobster. I will eat lobster at any opportunity, any excuse, anyhow, anyway. The big question, though, has to be, will there be lobster mac and cheese available at this event? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm purchasing tickets and I, and I need to know. That's why you lo- like the mac and cheese, because otherwise you just, it's just lo- the butter. You just like butter. I can just buy you a brick of butter. We could try that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This lobster mac and cheese sounds delightful, by the way. Hopefully it's something. We'll find out tomorrow if they're going to bring it back.